Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everybody to Fantasy Football Today, DFS, and the fun is starting today. We have Kansas City and Detroit. We'll be touching on Showdown a little bit, but we're back. It's me and Mike McClure to talk about our game-by-game breakdown, our correlations, our fades, our plays, our cheat sheets, our top three at each position. We're going to go game-by-game, and we're going to talk about the Week 1 NFL Main Slate for 2023, how sweet it sounds. Mike, how you doing? I'm great, Sia. Fired up to be here with you. Uh, You know how much I love these. I love showdown slates. I love talking about the main slate. I love everything, especially early season NFL just so many great opportunities at big money in these prize pools. Uh, very, very excited to be here and break this one down. Yeah, and a lot of good tournaments. Like we talked about it on the on the last episode where – the last couple episodes actually where the tournament selection is really, really good. You know, look for those tournaments that you want to fit in. You know, you can go back to previous episodes and we talk about contest selection. But I just want to point out that early in the week – They didn't have the early slate and the afternoon slate up. They just had the main slate. I'm talking about DraftKings specifically. They have just come out with the afternoon slate. If you want to try your hand at that, again, that's just going to be a hyper-focus, those five games, or the early slate, which I believe is is eight games. So if you want to, again, these are contest selection does involve not just single entry and three max and cash games. It also involves like, hey, there's different slates you can play. So maybe experiment with that a little bit in week one, week two, and just see how you do there. But Mike, I want to dive right in. Can we start? Let's do it. Let's get. Let's in. do it. Oh, by the way, everybody in the chat, uh, thank you for being in there. Hit the like button. I know we're going to tweet this out from the main account, but certainly um, always retweet us, and, and we love your comments. If you have questions, you can always tweet at me and Mike, and, and hopefully we can get back to you. I know some people privately message me for, for DFS questions, and I usually get to all of those as well. So thank you for being in here. Let's start with the Texans plus 10 at the Ravens. It's a 43.5 point total. This is obviously a pretty big line. I got to tell you, Mike, when I first went into this slate, when pricing came out, which, of course, was some time ago, I was thinking, man, I really want to stuff Lamar into a lot of lineups. And now I'm just really fearful that Houston's not going to be able to push back, not going to be able to to press Lamar. I'm now kind of shifting my focus a little bit to potentially J.K. Dobbins. I haven't completely ruled out Lamar, but I think J.K. Dobbins is interesting in a positive game script. I think Nico Collins on the way back is interesting. Are you playing this game? And do you like any of those names that I mentioned? You know, as of right now, I'm not planning to play this game. Uh, I don't mind the call out on Dobbins. I think there's definitely scenarios where Dobbins ends this game 
70 to 100 yards and two scores. Like, I, I think it's very possible he gets that goal line work. It's very possible all that happens. Uh, there are just so many game scripts here. The Ravens, I think they're very underrated defensively. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on. So there could be short fields. Uh, I'm never going to say Lamar Jackson is not in play because he is. He's in play every single week. Um, this is a game where it could get overly competitive. He could absolutely crush here. Um, however, I think there are many better options down the board a little bit here. So I personally am going to be off of this game as of now. The only one I would mix in, like you talked about, would be Dobbins at running back in a tournament. Uh, I think it's a really strong contrarian stance at a running back. Um, other than that, I'm not going to get cute and try and isolate Lamar with a handcuff or any of those secondary pieces. Um, it, again, it's possible it takes down a tournament if they do get pushed, uh, but I'm going to be off of the Ravens uh, in week one here. Yeah, and Nicholas in the chat talking uh, in the chat, I should say, talking about Slowick and, and calling the offense. Now, I agree with you. Slowick's a smart guy. That's what he says in the chat. It, I mean, I think the issue is you, you got kind of have a banged up offensive line. You have a rookie quarterback. The skill positions aren't necessarily great. Although I, I will say, just to finish up on this game, if you do believe it's going to be a positive game script, and if you're thinking about playing J.K. Dobbins, perhaps Mike, and I'll get a yes or no from you here. Perhaps a correlation with Nico Collins is in play in you know a lot, what could be a lot of garbage time, maybe a lot of easy targets for Nico at 4700. Yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, I, I don't mind it at all. I, I'm not going to go that way. Personally, it would be a Dobbins only uh, and just really kind of bet on a great performance from the Ravens overall with him scoring the touchdowns. Um, so I, I'm mostly off of it, but I don't mind that, uh, that correlation. To have that correlation, though, I would really have to like Houston just a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm going to talk to you. Uh, we're going to definitely on this show, we're really focused. I mean, we're focused on the plays for sure and the picks. But I mean, the correlations and Mike made a really big emphasis about this when we talked last week. Again, go back and watch that show it was our five keys to NFL DFS. Um, correlation is really, really important. How you build your lineups is really, really important. So please make sure you pay attention to that. All right. We're going to go to the Buccaneers plus six at the Vikings. It's a forty five and a half point total. Mike, I, I'm going to just kick this one to you right now, but I, I will say that I have largely kind of thought to myself, I'm probably fading Justin Jefferson this week, and it's because, spoiler alert, I want to play Jamar Chase, I want to play guys like Tyreek Hill, and I just can't fit all three receivers in my lineup. With that said, I think there are some interesting pieces if you think this game is going to approach that 45.5 point total or more. Are you anywhere in this game in terms of skinny stacks or Justin Jefferson or maybe some of the cheap options on the Bucs side? You know, I think that Justin Jefferson, it's a lot like that Lamar Jackson comment, right? He's playable every single week. Like, he clearly has the upside. There are clearly game scripts. Uh, we've even seen games with this team in the past where the team, frankly, doesn't do much, but he still gets there through sheer volume. Ten catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. While that's not going to win you a tournament at his salary, it's not going to hurt you that much as well. Uh, so I, I have Justin Jefferson in my player pool still. Um, and we'll end up leaving him there. But as far as the rest of the game, uh, it's mostly just those pass catchers there. I, I like Godwin a little bit. Uh, I think that it, there's a lot of value this week, and there's a lot of receivers that are able to be gotten. Uh, the, the pricing, because there's a few great value plays, it, it's not hard to pay up at receiver to get guys like Jefferson or Chase or Tyreek Hill, things like that. So I think guys like Godwin are going to go a little under-owned still. Um, I, I know computers will project them to be popular. I think they still go a little under-owned because the other game environments are so much more attractive. Uh, but I, I do think that Godwin is still clearly talented, clearly going to have a big role despite the, the change there. Uh, a lot of changes in, in Tampa. 
Um, but if I had to play anyone in this game, it would be Justin Jefferson or Chris Godwin. I like the Godwin call quite a bit, just on the season, but also in this game. If you think Tampa's going to push back, it's probably going to be via Chris Godwin, who I believe is going to be the favorite receiver of, uh, I can't believe I'm saying it, Baker Mayfield, the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But let me ask you about two guys, because I know we're going to have like a lot of value plays on this slate, on every slate, but particularly this slate with pricing being done, what, six, eight weeks ago. I know a lot of people are going to want to play, including me, uh, Luke Musgrave for the Green, uh, Green Bay Packers, for example. I don't know why I just said the full name, uh, like I've never watched football before. But, you know, I think Kate Otten is at least interesting. It's kind of a boring play, but at 3,300, I'm curious if he sort of came up in, in your model, in your simulations. And then Trey Palmer, who looks like he won the wide receiver three job. I know a lot of people want to play like Marvin Mims, for example, or some other cheap receivers, maybe a potential pivot off of that. Not that Mims is necessarily going to be super chalk, but I'm just curious if Trey Palmer or Kate Otten just made their way into your, into your um, simulations at all. Yeah, not they haven't currently. Um, you know, there there are some other cheaper wide receivers that I have some flyers on that we'll talk about. Mims is definitely one that I will be playing. Uh, I think he ultimately will be relatively chalky as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go there with it. I, I I'm not overly excited about this game with the Bucks. I I do agree with, with kind of what you said, which was backing up my interest in Godwin. The way that I see the Bucks having some level of success and having some fantasy relevance is not necessarily massive home run plays. It's a ton of those heavy volume games that we've seen from Godwin in the past, albeit with a different quarterback, where he's going to have those drives with five to six targets on a drive. We're talking targets, the average depth of target, six, seven, eight yards, right? Looking at things like that, that's how I see Baker Mayfield being able to move the football here. And it should be the tight end, which you mentioned in Kate Otten, or it should be someone reliable like Chris Godwin. So I'm not going to speculate on any of the other pieces. Uh, If you want to play Godwin at tight end and punt with it there, I think it's totally fine. Uh, But Godwin's the only one that I could see being in a cash game lineup or a tournament lineup. And, and I agree with the Bakers just sort of plotting downfield with Kate Otten and Godwin. I will say this, Brian Flores is the new DC for the Minnesota Vikings, historically a very aggressive defensive coordinator. So it's possible Trey Palmer, even if he gets like three targets, one of them could be a deep ball, just something to consider. It really is like a GPP play. And I'm not even saying it's a really good one, but I mean, if you were going to throw a dart, I think that's maybe one you could at least consider. One thing I'm not considering Mike is, the Cardinals plus seven at the Commanders, a uh, total of 38. I just don't see a path for me to play anybody in this game. I'm not playing Sam Howell. I'm not going to play Dotson, as it turns out. I don't think Washington's going to need to push the ball down the field. Certainly the Commanders defense at 2,800 on DraftKings is in play. There's really no Cardinals I'm interested in. Uh, is this a game where we just say, hey, play the defense if you want and move on? For me, it is, yes. Uh, I think that we're going to see some slower pace of play overall, a lot of inefficient football, um, a lot to shake out on the Washington side. It's possible uh, how really they, they let him go, continue, and uh, has a, a big, big, big first week here. Um, I'm not going to be a part of it personally. I think there are so many better options that have more, way more upside. Uh, the defense, so it's really hard to ignore the defense in this particular matchup. It is a home game. Uh, against a team that, you know, no team really starts the season not wanting to win games, but th- there's not a lot of motivation to win games for the Cardinals here. They are legitimately tanking from week one. Um, I, I can't argue against playing the commander's defense. They're going to be chalky. Uh, my personal strategy will be to match the field on it. So whenever I look at wherever my projected ownership comes in uh, on Sunday morning, that's essentially where I'm going to be. I'm not going to take a hard stance and go all in but I'm certainly not going to get cute and try and fade it. Yeah, you know, I, I did make a lineup with a lot of Washington uh, commanders. 
But I did, you know, I did pivot to some other defenses. I think it was the Falcons. I'm trying to remember their price off the top of my head. I think it was 3,200. I could see them just pouring it on the Carolina Panthers. That's just my take. Um, I can spoiler alert on the Sportsline app. Um, my my one play right now is is the Falcons minus three and a half at home against the Carolina Panthers. I'm probably going to add the 49ers uh, minus two. But uh, those are some of the defenses that I would at least uh, consider. And coming up, we have Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars squaring off against. The Anthony Richardson-led Indianapolis Colts where the smart plays stick around. After a message from our partners, we'll find out. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill, FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, we are back on Fantasy Football Today. DFS, we've got the Jaguars minus five at the Colts, a, a total that I think would surprise some people in the in the, the 45 range here. I'm not sure uh, where I'm going with this one. I think the problem, Mike, with, with Trevor Lawrence is, and this is the problem in redraft leagues with him too, I mean, we're – where are you going with Trevor Lawrence to the extent you're focusing on a pass catcher? Is it Calvin Ridley, who's the new shiny object? Is it Christian Kirk, who had 84 receptions last year? Is it Evan Ingram, who kind of exploded in the second half of the season? They have a lot of targets, and I just don't know who to pair Trevor Lawrence with. On the other side, I think Anthony Richardson, to some degree, is a lottery ticket. I'm not a big Anthony Richardson guy, but I don't think I'm going to end up on this game. Deion Jackson's interesting. I don't think Zach Moss is playing week one, but I don't think he's been ruled out either. Maybe you could correct me on that. Uh, anywhere you're going in this one. Yeah, so there's a couple guys that I have in the player pool. Um, Trevor Lawrence is not one of them. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is he had enough success that the price point's a little sticky for me. It's 6,500, uh, just 400 less than a guy like, say, Justin Herbert, or even within a, you know, in week one when the pricing's so soft, you only got to go up 600 bucks to get Joe Burrow, things like that. So I, I would rather invest in those situations. There's enough value on the slate to really make it work. Uh, I'll take shots on Calvin Ridley. He's definitely in my player pool. I think Kirk is fine. Kirk's kind of similar to that Godwin situation, except for you're definitely looking for more home run balls than anything. Uh, And you you need a team that's going to be able to push. I like that it's in a dome. I like that it's a controlled environment. We don't know how good the Colts are and how much they're going to be able to push. The line here at five, it's, you know, it's a comfortable – road favorite uh within the division it's a it's a pretty big road favorite um so the only other guy that i've got in my player pool honestly outside of ridley so far is anthony richardson mm-hmm. i, I yes. like anthony richardson the, the price point is so low but he's, he's clearly got rushing upside right so we look at some of those games that this colts team had last year um when they had sam ellinger play sam ellinger was relevant in dfs at times, just because of his ability to run the ball, Anthony Richardson is significantly more talented in terms of running the football. I, I think he could get some of the red zone rushing work as well if they are even in the red zone, right? So I think that there's some upside there. The only way I would play someone like Richardson, though, is if I am running it back with Ridley uh, or Kirk on the other side. And in that case, are you pairing it with any of Anthony Richardson's pass catchers like Michael Pittman at 6,200 or Alec Pierce at 3,800? Uh, for me, it will be a naked situation. I will be Richardson only, no handcuff. Uh, the reason for that is I'm looking uh, to really capture 
His overall performance, which I think will encompass some of running the football, uh, just naturally as, as things happen. Uh, and really what I'm trying to do, if I'm dropping down to 5,600, I'm likely trying to jam in all the stud receivers. I, in mm-hmm. that lineup, I'm, I'm going to have Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill in it for sure, right? So mm-hmm. I'm really looking to let that salary uh, allow me to do some different things, more so than in this situation trying to just have the perfect correlation with him. Last question on this game. Uh, you know, I think Etienne at 6,900, he almost, I think, seems sort of priced out uh, for most people's uh, favor, especially with all the talk of Tank Bigsby. And really, Etienne hasn't really broken out yet. Do you see, I mean, given the, that it's a 45-point total, I mean, is there any scenario where you'd consider playing Etienne as, as a contrarian, contrarian play? I think it's okay. Um, I think the one that I like a lot better is the one we mentioned already in J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think there's a massive enough uh, difference in the projected ownership there. I think there are far more scenarios where the Ravens move the football or get set up with really short, good field position, where Dobbins just kind of takes advantage of some of that touchdown equity. Uh, I think the ETN, for him to really have the smash game, I think that they'd have to find themselves – in an overly competitive game where they're not able to throw the football down the field as much, he's going to have to catch four or five passes out of the backfield to really, really get close to paying that off. So I I don't personally want to go there. I think the thought process is good. Um, I I think that there are other backs, even Joe Mixon, frankly, who will garner more ownership, uh, are, are probably in just a little bit better spots in week one. Yeah, and Stewie has a question. He says, thoughts on a Buccaneers stack? So we did just cover that game. I mean, I think the answer is probably unequivocal no for you and me, right, Mike? Yeah, no for me. Um, and, and to preface that, I'm talking about playing five Five lineups is what I will be playing. At the most, it'll be as 10. It wouldn't fall in there. Uh, if you're 20-plus, maybe one of them. If you're 150, you want to play five to six Buccaneers lineups, go for it. Yeah, and you'd want to double stack that because Baker has no equity with his legs, so you'd want to throw in Godwin and Otten, Otten or maybe you play Trey Palmer with Godwin. That's how you would want to play that, Stewie. Good question. Uh, we're going to go to uh, another game, almost like the Washington game, where I just have no interest, although Christian McCaffrey plays in this game. It's the 49ers minus 2.5 at the Steelers, 41-point total. CMC is 8,700 here. He's going to be low-owned. I get why. I think that makes him interesting, but for me, because – Mike, like you, I'm copying your strategy like that you've had the last few years where you're really paying up at receiver. Certainly, if it's a tie between the running back and the receiver, you end up paying up for the receiver. I don't see a scenario where I can justify paying 8700 even for a low-owned CMC. Where do you stand? Yeah, definitely not. Uh, there are just a couple games with uh, receivers in an excellent, excellent spot. So I, I'm not playing anyone in this game. Uh, other than the defenses. I, I like both defenses, frankly. Uh, and the reason for it, we expect this game to be a little ugly, a little physical. Both teams are much better defensively than they are offensively. Uh, some questionable, you know, Pickett, I think he takes a massive step forward personally. Uh, still the best defense in the league, highly motivated coming in there. Purdy on the other side, we've had some maybe some injury concerns, uh, just some overall concerns with how good he might actually be. It's mm-hmm. a road game, uh, early start time here. Just so many opportunities where I think we could either see defensive scores or enough, you know, enough low scoring in the game that these defenses uh, don't hurt you. So I, I like both defenses in this game. Absolutely. All right. We're going to go to the Titans plus three at the Saints, 41 and a half point total. Is that right? Is that total right? That seems really low to me. I really like 
Derrick Henry in this game. And it's for a couple reasons. I mean, it's week one, so he's, he's healthy. Like, yeah. we, we know that, you know, the wear that he has over the last few seasons. It shouldn't really be showing in the first few weeks of the season. And also, I think the Saints defense, you know, they lost some pieces in the offseason. And I just think the Titans, they want to get off to a hot start. You know, Tannehill's back. They do have their weapons with De- DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks. And I think Okonkwu is, is healthy. But to me, this seems like a time to play Derrick Henry because, Mike, I don't think people are going to be playing him. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to play him. Um, and, I, I, you know, I think he's a much better play than Christian McCaffrey. I, I think that the play that a lot more people are going to make, it, well, there's two of them, really. Alexander Madison is going to be more popular, but he's cheaper, right? Uh, but Austin Eckler, $600 more, going to be probably double the ownership. Uh, I think that Henry can definitely match him. I think that we could even see Henry catch a few passes. I know it's something they've continued to work on with him. Uh, but the volume's going to be there. Uh, these games with Tennessee, they have a knack for playing competitive games like this. And for them, being down eight points is still a competitive game where Derrick Henry gets fed the football. Uh, I do not expect that to change. The game's in a dome. It's a very comfortable environment. Uh, I think the volume is there. And I trust that volume a lot more than the Christian McCaffrey volume. I trust it a lot more than really any running back's volume here. Uh, so I at seventy eight hundred, I think he's too cheap by about six to eight hundred dollars. On the Saints side of the ball, I'm just not interested in anyone. And, and part of the reason, by the way, the Tennessee secondary can be beat. We saw that last year. There's certainly their defense as a whole. It's going to be healthier in Week One. Uh, with that said, I like Chris Olave, but now Michael Thomas is healthy. You know, there's, they have so Rashid Shaheed is an interesting deep threat, especially against the Titans secondary at thirty seven hundred. But I, I just like Juwan Johnson, uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, Jimmy Graham is still playing football. Like, I just don't see any sort of concentrated target share to any of these pass catchers. I don't want to play the running back. So, to me, I'm not even – like, if I'm running Henry out, I'm just running Henry out. I'm not skinny stacking it. No correlation in this game. How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, the only correlation I could get to is the defense. Uh, if you want to play the Titans' defense with Derrick Henry, I think that's a fine correlation. Um, it's one of the better correlations in theory is a running back and their team defense. Um, I think it works well in this situation as well. There's a lot of question marks on the Saints side of the ball, very low total. Uh, clock will be moving. Henry, if the defense does play well, they're in short fields. Uh, just a lot of great things that correlate there. So I, I don't think a lot of people will play the Titans D. Um, I, I like pairing the Titans D with Henry if you're going to play him. And I'll say this, if, if I'm picking a third game for this week one slate, I'm talking against the spread because I just mentioned two a few minutes ago. I think it's the Titans plus three. I think year to year we constantly sleep on the Titans and they they constantly outperform what we think they're going to do. And this is a much healthier defense than it was last season. I could see them outright winning this game. I think the Saints are not going to take a step back necessarily, but I'm not even sure they're going to win the NFC South, which is kind of saying something since that is maybe the worst division in football. I'm pretty sure it is. I guess we'll have yeah. some debate about that, but we're, we won't have debate about this, Mike. I think my favorite game outside of the chalky game that we know everybody's going to love, and I like it too. I'm not trying to say I'm, you know, a- above the the Dolphins Chargers game in terms of playing it. There's so many pieces there, so many snacks we can play. But this Bengals at Browns game, I really like Bengals minus two and a half at the Browns, 47 and a half point total. I think you can stack this both ways. I think there's some really cheap, interesting stacks on the Deshaun Watson side, and then of course. Burrow, who, I mean, maybe you could get, I mean, we're a little early. This show is normally going to be on Friday, by the way, our, our game-by-game breakdown. It's going to be Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, starting in week two throughout the entire season. So please mark that on your calendar. But 
I think Burrow's ownership is going to be lower than it should be, and partly because of that calf injury. He's just coming back. We just haven't heard a lot of buzz about the Bengals because of that injury. So Burrow chase stacks are in play for me. I think Nick Chubb is in play, but Watson stacks are in play for me too. I could play this so many different ways. How are you feeling about this game? I love it. I, I like both sides of it, honestly. I like Joe Burrow, and I like uh, Deshaun Watson a lot. So as far as the Burrow side, I'm only interested – I'm not going to play T. Higgins or Boyd. Uh, I, T. Higgins is fine, 6,800. I know Jamar Chase is still the alpha there. He should be getting almost everything. Uh, so that's where the primary stacks will be. But I do love the, uh, the addition of Irv Smith. He's someone that I want to target. I think he's going to be an incredible weapon. Uh, we have saw what he did at times uh, when working with Kirk Cousins in that offense. Uh, I think he just upgrades to a much better situation overall here. Um, I I think he's going to be extremely relevant. I think he's too cheap at 3,600. So when I'm looking to double stack with Burrow, it's going to be Chase and Herb Smith, uh, their their new tight end. So that's what I'm looking to do on that side. On the other side, it's fascinating. I truly haven't decided on Watson. Whenever I get to a running quarterback, the price point kind of dictates where I'm going. And and what I mean by that is like his price point at 6K – I can take advantage of him having a good game without having to stack him because of the rushing upside that he has. And I can still, when the pricing is so soft this week, I can still go play Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, whoever I want to play at those pass catching spots, those high value receivers in PPR without forcing that handcuff. Um, I think there's enough new with Elijah in there that I'm not going to force it, but if I had to, David Njoku is my favorite target for Deshaun Watson. So uh, towards the end of this show, we do our cheat sheet. We actually, we're actually going to do Mike's top three at each position, so that's just going to be in a few minutes. Um, but we do our cheat sheet where you'll see what that is, but we, we always point out our favorite stacks on our cheat sheet. And, and I got to tell you, the first iteration of my favorite stack was Watson to Njoku. Like that, that was, that was literally it. And honestly, I, I ended up changing it. Uh, it's in the, like my favorite stack happens to be in this game, but we'll, we'll wait for that. But I think, listen, when pricing came out, a lot of people were like, oh, Sam Howell to Dotson. That's interesting. Like around, around the time McLaurin got injured. I think people thought Jordan Love to, to Christian Watson was interesting. Now we're dealing with the hamstring injury. We'll get to that in a second when we cover that game. Those, the iterations of those stacks were between ten and 11,000. Why can't I do Deshaun Watson at 6,000 and Elijah Moore at 3,800? And I'm not even at 10,000 for my main stack. I mean, Elijah Moore has been a little absent because he had that rib injury in the preseason. But he's the wide receiver, too, as far as I can tell. And we know he can get deep. I just think in, in, a, in a GPP, Watson to Elijah Moore allows you to do kind of whatever you want because of how much you're spending at that stack. Absolutely. No, I could not agree more. Like I said, Watson, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that cheat sheet later on, but uh, I definitely have interest in playing Watson and uh, Ambro from this game. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I did, a, I did a stack with Watson and Elijah Moore, and, and in, that, in that lineup, I did it right before the show, I actually had Luke Musgrave as my sort of cheap tight end. And what I did, because I had so much money left over and I had all the guys I wanted in there, all I did was take out Musgrave and I put in Njoku. So I have a double stack with Watson. Now, this is a, to your point, it's a running quarterback, so maybe that's not the most advisable play, but Watson doesn't run all the time. He is the, uh, the type of quarterback that can, if he has a good passing game, which he hasn't in a while, he could support two pass catchers. And we know Njoku has a ton of touchdown equity in what should be a back-and-forth game with a 47.5-point total. So you can do a lot with this game. I absolutely love Jamar Chase. Real quick question before we get to the Panthers-Falcons, which we're not going to talk a ton about, by the way. Um, Nick Chubb, is he going to make it into any of your lineups? Because he does have some bust potential. I I should say boom potential at 8,200, in my opinion. 
Yeah, he definitely has the boom potential, um, and all the backfield's going to be there for him. I'm not going to go there, personally. Um, you know, I, I think that – you know I like to prioritize a lot of the expensive receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's happening there. Uh, I also think that I, I would probably elect to take the $400 savings with, uh, with Derrick Henry in this spot. So I, I totally get it, and he definitely has 100-yard upside, two-plus touchdown upside. I do think that uh, with Deshaun Watson running things that he could lose a little bit of work in the goal line situations. I think giving Deshaun Watson RPOs in the red zone is likely going to be more effective for the team winning games. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do worry about the uh, touchdown equity if it's coming in the red zone. Uh, He obviously has shown that he's able to burst long runs. um, But I think that some of the – in that red zone, I think that they're going to be a far more effective team letting Deshaun Watson run a little RPO. Absolutely. And that Bengals, I mean, an argument against Chubb, too. And I like Chubb a lot, but uh, the front seven is pretty good for the Bengals. It's the back end where you can expose them. So if Watson does have that good game, it's, it's likely going to be with his arm, with his pass catchers, not with uh, Nick Chubb. Uh, speaking of pass catchers or lack thereof, uh, the Panthers are plus three and a half at the Falcons, 39 and a half point total. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this game. I mean, Adam Thielen even popped up on the injury report. I don't know how the Carolina Panthers are going to function offensively for four quarters. Jonathan Mingo at 3,200. I guess he's interesting. Uh, Miles Sanders doesn't appear to be injured any longer. I guess he's interesting. Uh, Bajan Robinson at 8K. I'm just not going to pay for that. I'm not paying for Kyle Pitts. Uh, I, I have no interest in this game whatsoever, except for maybe playing the Falcons home defense. Yep, that's it for me too. Uh, no interest in any sort of skill position players. Uh, I think that backing defenses at home or really in any situation, either home or dome, uh, against young rookie quarterbacks, I think it's probably going to be profitable for you or at least not hurt you. So I could get to that, but it's also worth noting this one's seen a ton of market movement. Um, again, some early, but uh, the total has dropped four points in this game. Wow. Okay, so it started at 43 and a half and it's down to 39 and a half. Okay, um, good stuff. And good stuff from Conscious in the chat. He says, what's good, fellas? First time here. Keep grinding. Appreciate you. And hopefully you'll be in here every single week through the regular season and through the playoffs and up to the Super Bowl because we will have our game-by-game breakdowns every single week. All right, we still have the 425 slate and the cheat sheet to go. But first, a quick break. Uh, we have a question in the chat from Jay Metz, which is interesting. So before we get to this Eagles minus four at Patriots uh, 425 game, let's just address this real quick. This is a hypothetical because these two teams don't play each other. But he says, if, a pl- if I play a contrarian stack like Howell Dotson versus, let's say, the Vikings, how often should I run back the chalky superstar, Justin Jefferson, versus the wide receiver two in Jordan Addison or even the running back Madison? Mike. Yeah, so this is a complicated question that's definitely going to change based on who's playing, right, and defensive schemes. So are you facing a team that runs more zone, more ran coverage? How do receivers kind of interact in those situations? Um, so it's, it's really tough to say. Uh, in this particular situation, you're probably still going to run back with Justin Jefferson as often as possible. Um, in other situations, if it's like, say, the commanders we think are a really good defensive team, they have a lockdown corner, whatever it may be, that's when you want to start looking at some of the other pieces that would benefit if the top player was not able to get theirs. Um, but as far as answering this question, there's not, unfortunately, going to be a, a blanket answer that's going to be something you can apply to every other situation because the scheme and the individual player still matters. Like Justin Jefferson is – obviously an elite superstar player 
you're probably almost always going to be okay with running back with the elite superstar player. Yeah, and the one thing I'll also mention is you're already playing the contrarian stack. So if you're trying to be different, you've already sort of accomplished that with your stack. If your stack doesn't get there, you're dead anyway. So, I mean, running back Justin Jefferson, who we know has just so much equity in terms of scoring, uh, you, you know, you're okay playing that chalky guy. I'd, I'd almost, and we'll talk about wide receiver twos because I know that's throughout this, um, throughout this series, throughout this season. But, you know, wide receiver twos are a good way to sort of get different, to, to stay in a game that's going to be high scoring, but just get the other guy. And, and we'll, we'll tell you a lot of times, hey, like this team is really good against wide receiver ones. Like their game plan is to shut them down. So, you know, usually it's the wide receiver two who might benefit against this team. But again, if you're playing that contrarian stack, you can play the chalky superstar on the way back in most cases, especially if that superstar's name is Justin Jefferson. Uh, Dave, thank you for being in the chat and your kind words. Eric David, thank you for being in the chat. Alan, J. Metz, thank you for your question. OS says, mix in, stack with Burrow. I'm not going to do that. Mike, would you do that? I'm not going to do it. Um, I will play Mixon. Uh, where I will play Mixon is when, and we'll talk about this real quick because it, it, the correlation does matter. The correlation doesn't necessarily have to exist in a same game. The correlation can also exist to betting on outcomes of games, right? So say you really like that Browns-Bengals game, right? But you also really like the Chargers and the Dolphins game. In the scenario where I'm building lineups with quarterbacks in the Dar Dolphins Chargers game, I'm likely going to use running backs in the other game that I love. So I'm still knowing that game's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of scoring. I want to bet on the situation where the running backs are the ones that grab the touchdown equity there because I'm also betting on a higher performance in the passing game in this game over here. So that's where I would be playing Mixon. Uh, is when I'm not looking to use the quarterbacks there. When I'm looking to bet on the game still being high scoring and betting on that touchdown variance while still correlating it to betting on this game just being better than that one. Than Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to the Eagles minus four at the Patriots. It's a 45-point total. I'm not interested in this game in any, in any way, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, listen, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, uh, A.J. Brown, Goddard, like we know he can get there against anybody. I think this is just going to be a slower game. I respect the Patriots' defense enough to probably stay off it. Not interested in any Patriots at all. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, not on my radar for this game against the Eagles. Excellent defense, particularly front seven. Uh, honestly, this total seems too high to me. I, I would probably smash the under. I don't really play totals that much. I play against the spread. But any interest in this game, Mike? No interest in this game outside of defense. Uh, I think you could play the Eagles defense if you wanted to. Um, I, I think that, you know, full transparency, I'll be betting the uh, the Eagles here. Um, it does seem, you know, computer likes the game a lot more than four, uh, around six and a half. So I, I will end up betting it there. I'm looking at the three and a halves again. I think that we're at the point where Bill Belichick's teams uh, in these spots at home like this, they do tend to get a little too much respect uh, in the betting market. They do have a unique ability to shorten games and make things more competitive, maybe than they should be. Um, but in terms of DFS, like, yeah, Jalen Hurts probably fine. Like, probably going to have his forty to fifty yards rushing, maybe a rushing touchdown, maybe throws two touchdowns still, maybe doesn't. Um, totally fine. Picking which players to stack him with, this is certainly not the opportunity to try to play that game. Um, so if you like Jalen Hurts and you like the rest of your lineup, go for it. I am not interested in trying to stack this one up at all, though. All right, well, let's move on. Rams plus five and a half at the Seattle Seahawks. A pretty high total here, 46 and a half. 
Uh, we know Cooper Cup is not playing in week one. I don't think he's going to be playing at least for the first uh, three or four weeks. That's just me yeah. uh, speculating at this point. I don't think that's official yet. I think Cam Akers is interesting in this game because I got to think Sean McVay, to the extent it stays close, designs the offense around uh, Cam Akers and just tries to sort of slow this game down. And that's part of the reason I don't like this game. I mean, and normally I would consider DK Metcalf. I would consider a Geno Smith stack. I don't think I'm getting anywhere. I think Puka Nakua is interesting, but I can't guarantee how much he's going to be on the field at a flat 3K. So I'm kind of moving on from this game too. Mike, are you, where are you at on this one? Yeah, so this game, I do have some interest here. Um, and, and the reason that I have interest, I, it's Kenneth Walker. Like I, I think that Kenneth Walker is someone mm-hmm. – that I, I could get behind here. I, I had him in as my top three running back. Uh, I think the salary works a little bit with some of the lineup construction uh, that I have right now. And I, I think he's overall in a, in a fine position. I think his talent is a lot closer to a $7,000 running back, not six. Um, and I think there will be opportunities in this game. I think he's young enough still where he's going to get that workload, but I'm projecting a game script where they're in, in that comfortable spot. Uh, I think he probably breaks a long one for a touchdown, but I, I like the uh, I like Ken Walker here at this price point. I know we'll have some of the other running backs that fall just below that. Um, one of them in, in that Miami game, but I think Ken Walker at six thousand. I think he's a pretty strong play. I like that. I'm sorry that I didn't even mention him because I, I think like from an explosive run rate, he had a lot of. 10 plus yard runs like where, you know, he'll be inefficient for a few carries and then he'll bust one. So, I mean, I absolutely think that's in play. I think that's super sneaky uh, to get that piece at 6,000. Nobody else in this game that you're really considering though, right, Mike? Yeah, not for me. I can't take the pass catchers on the Seattle side. Uh, again, I think they're, they're such a run heavy team uh, and should be in this kind of game script. So yeah, defense, if you want to play the defense, pair it with Ken Walker. I think that's a really strong play. All right. And Eric David in the chat, he says, been looking at Ram Seahawks under 46 thoughts. I don't like that as much as I like the under, which is only a point less in that in that Philadelphia New England game. Uh, Mike, real quick. Yes or no on that. Do you like it? Uh, yes, for me. Um, I, I have that number down closer to 42. So, yeah. Wow. That's a big edge. OK, well, that, good question, Eric. Um, good answer. All right. Let's go to Packers plus one at the Bears. It's only a 43 point total. I did kind of like this game until Christian Watson popped up on the injury report with a, with a hamstring. We know uh, Romeo Dobbs is, is on the injury report with the hamstring too. Mike, I don't know. Maybe you can clarify. I don't know if there's been any further reporting since last night in terms of whether he's playing or not. Obviously, if you're trying to play a Jordan Love stack, Christian Watson is the guy that you're probably pairing him with. Uh, I know Musgrave is in play here too, but I mean, if I'm, if I'm stacking Jordan Love, it's probably with both of those guys. So now I'm a little shy to play this game. I don't think I'm interested in Justin Fields at 7,700. Uh, anything in this game that you like? You know, not at this point. Uh, I think the only name that I really want to call out is because it's so cheap, likely going to, you know, be on the field potentially, depending on how the uh, injury shakes out. It's Jaden Reed uh, receiver. I, I think that everyone's going to play Mims. Um, if you need additional, want to have a pivot from it, I, I think that it's okay. Um, but it, again, it's highly speculative, right? So super, super speculative. Um, only doing that again in the scenario where you want to pay up for your favorite quarterback, you want to grab Tyreek Hill, Chase, Jefferson, whatever it may be. You want to have at least three players in your lineup at that point that have 30 plus fantasy point upside, uh, then I would feel okay with it. Yeah. Jaden Reed's interesting, especially if 
the Watson injury news or specifically the Dobbs injury news uh, doesn't play out well for those two guys because Jaden yeah. Reed would be the next man up. And honestly, I think Jaden Reed might have sort of beaten out Romeo Dobbs as it is. So if Dobbs is out, it's just more snaps for Jaden Reed. I think that's super sneaky. Um, hopefully uh, Jordan Love can get rolling. All right, let's go to the Raiders plus four at the Broncos. And by the way, the game after that is going to be that Dolphins-Chargers game. Then we'll get to Mike's top three at each position and we'll close the show with our cheat sheet. You know, this Raiders game is really interesting to me because Russell Wilson hasn't been a good quarterback for some time, but we saw last year he was able to manufacture some good games. I mean, they were sloppy. They were broken plays. They were, they were, it was a lot of that. But this is the Raiders. So if, you, if you're going to generate a great game at, at a low price point, by the way, he's 5,900, uh, you know, I, I do think it would be against this Raiders team. And I, and I do think a, a Sutton-Wilson stack or maybe a Mims-Wilson stack with the Devontae Adams run back is at least in play here. What say you? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's in play. Um, if you want to play Adams and, and bring it back, I think it's totally fine. Uh, my personal interest will be Mims first, Sutton, maybe just as individual pieces, not even necessarily with Russell Wilson. I, I don't know that Russell Wilson's going to make my player pool. It's possible still. Um, but Mims is the priority for me. Corlin Sutton is kind of in that boat with Chris Godwin, uh, very similar in that. I definitely could see enough volume for them to get their payoff price tags while not needing their quarterback uh, in the lineup. I know Devontae is generally matchup proof, but this Denver secondary is pretty good. Would this just be a week if you're if you're not sure to just be like, all right, well, I'm already paying up for Tyreek and Jamar Chase. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna find a way to get Devontae into my lineups. For me, it would be yes. Uh, you know, again, prefacing five to ten lineups. If you're 20 plus, he starts to sneak in. If you're 150. You're definitely going to want 8 to 10% exposure to him. Um, I'm probably going to be just short, though. He's going to be on the outside looking in. Uh, and I'm personally, I'm comfortable with it. Like He definitely has the upside to get there. Um, I think the Denver defense is pretty good. Yeah, certainly. All right, let's go Dolphins plus three at the Chargers. It's a 51-point total. So I think the question I have for you here, I mean, obviously – we know both stacks are in play. We know that Justin Herbert's probably going to be the preferred stack uh, with most people. I guess my, I have a two-part question for you instead of just listing off all the players that I like because I like them all. Uh, first of all, Justin Herbert, who's the pass catcher you want to pair him with or is it multiple pass catchers or maybe is Eckler in play? And the second question is, is there a point where you might say to yourself, all right, everybody's playing this game. I'm not going to make this my main lineup or I'm not going to I'm going to fade Justin Herbert. Yeah, so I'm not going to necessarily fade Justin Herbert. I absolutely love him here. I think he leads the league in passing this year. I think he's a decent bet for MVP if the team can win enough games. Um, so I'm very, very high on Herbert. I think he did a lot of what he did last year, somewhat similar to Josh Allen. Uh, both those guys were playing through some pretty meaningful injuries and yeah. still being extremely, extremely fantasy relevant. So I'm excited for them to be healthy. Uh, and it's just such a perfect game script on both sides. So I, I love Herbert, um, I'm going to pair him with Keenan Allen like for cash games, but my favorite connection is still going to be Big Mike. Uh, I think Mike Williams, he's another player that, do I think he can play 17 games without getting hurt? I don't. I, I really, I don't think he can. Just the size and the way that he has to play. Do I want to play him when I know he's healthy? Yes, I do. I, I want to play him when I know he's healthy, and that's where we're at starting the season here. So Mike Williams is by far my favorite target here. Uh, I think the price point is a little egregious. I think people still won't get there, um, but I, I think he's a thousand dollars too cheap. I, I make him sixty-seven hundred. I only have a six hundred dollar gap between him and Keenan Allen, and 
uh, I, I think that's extreme value on Big Mike. It, it does seem like a low price. Do you think it's partly affected by the fact that they went out and, and, and drafted Quentin Johnston? Do you think week one Johnston could have some impact on Mike Williams specifically? I mean, in theory, it's possible. Um, I, I think that with Mike Williams, the thing that we're betting on there, though, as well, is we're not necessarily betting on a ton of volume. We're, we're betting on the big play, and, and we're betting on you know that, that home run ball. Um, and I think those opportunities are still going to be there. And I think, if anything, uh, I, I think they could see the field at the same time, uh, depending on how, how things look and how things work. Uh, but my expectation there would be that Palmer still takes some work and – uh, Q is worked in a little bit more throughout the season. Okay. And on the other side of the ball, a Tyreek, we both like, I think we've already mentioned it. So confirm that you're playing Tyreek. Also, uh, Raheem Mostert at 5,400, you playing him? Yes. Playing Mostert at 5,400. Love Tyreek Hill. I think he's the top wide receiver of the week. Uh, he is the top wide receiver of the week. And for me, in terms of raw projection, I uh, haven't projected higher than Jefferson, Chase, any of those guys. Uh, so certainly playing Tyreek Hill. Um, we didn't mention Austin Eckler. I like him a lot. I'll be playing him. He's one of the players that I don't mind a full team stack in terms of stacking him with Justin Herbert, capturing all the offensive scoring essentially from uh, the San Diego or the yeah San Diego the LA Chargers. Um, so yeah, I like the I like both running backs. Um, you know, on our little rundown here, we've got everyone in play. It's truly an everyone in play kind of game here. And does that mean just from a correlating standpoint and a stacking standpoint? if you had to build just one lineup for everybody in terms of like the pieces in this game, would it be Herbert with two chargers pieces and maybe two bringbacks? Would you go that heavy with it or maybe cool off on, on one of those players? So, yeah, I've got a lineup in front of me where I've got both. Uh, I've got um, Herbert with two uh, chargers with them. And then I've also got Tyree kill and Mostert in that same lineup. Yeah, and I, in, yeah. in one of those iterations, would Eckler make it into one of those iterations as one of the two, quote, pass catchers, air quotes? He, he does, yes. Yep. Okay, that's good to know. All right, so, yeah. that, I mean, this is the important part, right? You guys, not you don't want to just know the plays. You want to know how they are being played. And uh, if I was to ask anybody how they were playing their lineup, it would be Mike McClure. So, um, by the way, Josh, thank you for the kind words in the chat. We're going to get to our top three, but Josh does say, he says, I'm busy at work right now and I'll watch soon, but wanted to jump in the chat and show some love real quick. Super excited for this show. Real quick, one other way to join to, to show some love other than hitting the like button on YouTube is actually subscribing to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. Uh, it looks just like this screen right now. It's got the sort of the red uh, background, FFT, DFS. Go ahead and subscribe. Maybe write a review for us too. That would be so awesome. Um, let's go, Mike, to your top three at each position. Let's run through this. We'll do our cheat sheets real quick. And then, Mike, I just want a couple words on showdown tonight. All right. So let's go top three at each position for Mike McClure. And we're going to start at the quarterback position. All right. No surprise here. Justin Herbert. Uh, again, this will feel less chalky the further we get into the season. I don't mind playing the chalk in week one. Uh, there's a lot of casual money in the ecosystem still in week one. You make some of the best plays. That's what I recommend. So it's Justin Herbert, number one. Deshaun Watson, number two. I uh, like the flexibility. I can game stack. I can play him by himself, load up at talent at the other spots. And then Joe Burrow. Uh, so it's really those two games that we've really hit on heavy. A lot of people know that they're great plays. Uh, the key to separating yourself is getting a little contrarian with the defense, using the right correlations, using some of the correlations that others may not be using. Uh, as far as running backs here, Raheem Mostert, Joe Mixon, and Kenneth Walker. Uh, exactly what I mean there. The Joe Mixon piece is one that I will likely be mixing in a ton when I'm using Justin Herbert lineups. Uh, we'll be betting on the overall 
environment in that Bengals game. Uh, but I think Joe Mixon, uh, as frustrating as he is to watch sometimes, he's going to be extremely involved in that offense still. Uh, Kenneth Walker, we talked about him, 6K. I think the price point uh, is about $1,000 too cheap considering where the game's played, the game script I'm projecting, uh, and his overall big playability. Wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, and Jamar Chase. Nothing too shocking here uh, other than I think I'm still notably higher on Mike Williams than the rest of the industry is. Um, Tyreek Hill, number one wide receiver by a considerable margin for me. Jamar Chase right behind him. Then we get to the tight end spot. It's Njoku and Herb Smith, again, back to that game. And then Hayden Hurst, uh, just he's too talented for where his price point has fallen to. And sometimes rookie quarterbacks in those situations need a short area target. Um, I, I think that there's something to Hayden Hurst a little bit there. Now, defense, as you can see, I didn't fill it out. It's the commanders to start. Uh, after that, I want to just simply make correlations. So we mentioned J.K. Dobbins. I don't mind if you play him. Toss that Ravens D in there. Uh, we talked about the Seattle spot with Kenneth Walker. You can play their defense there. Um, Derrick Henry and the Titans. So that's what I'm going to be looking to do is make a correlated defensive play with whatever running back I'm throwing in, knowing that that running back will at least be moderately contrarian. I absolutely love it. All right. We're going to do my cheat sheet real quick, and then, Mike, we'll, we'll skip over to yours, which will have a lot of similar names. I'll tell you, my top three quarterbacks are the same as yours, by the way, and in Herbert, uh, Watson, and Burrow. But my cheat sheet is, in fact, Burrow, 7,100 to Jamar Chase, 8,100. I mean, I, I like that for obvious reasons. You can run it back with uh, several players, including some of the ones we talked about in Joku, Elijah Moore, uh, even um, perhaps Nick Chubb, if you think uh, the Browns are going to push with the running game. Uh, you know what's interesting, though? I mean, from a stack standpoint, I do think if I had a 1B to this, especially in tournament, I think Watson to Elijah Moore is really interesting. It could crash and burn, but I think the ceiling is there. That's what you want in tournaments. My value plays Marvin Mims at 3,000, Chalk, Raheem Mostert at 5,400, Contrarian, Derrick Henry at 7,800. And my fate is going to be Justin Jefferson, not because I think he's terrible this week. It's just I'm not going to fit him into my lineup because I prefer Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill. All right, Mike, your cheat sheet. All right, headed over to the quarterback, the stack for me, it's Herbert to Allen. Uh, prefacing that's the, the cash game route is I want Keenan Allen for that stability. Love the upside of Mike Williams, though. Uh, for the value play, I've got the same one as you. It's Marvin Mims. Uh, as of right now, that's where I'm going. We talked about some spots uh, for the Green Bay Packers, uh, most specifically Jaden Reed, someone that I would have interest in. I want a little bit more clarity uh, on the rest of that depth chart before we really say that he's on the same level as Mims. Uh, the chalk play, Tyree Kill, again, number one overall projected player on the slate using DraftKings scoring. I think the 100-yard bonus, extremely likely. I think he has 10 catches, uh, and then whatever he can do in terms of finding the end zone, I think that happens. Uh, contrarian play, Mike Williams. I listed this contrarian because looking at the projected ownership, he is not super popular relative to the rest of the players in this game and players across the slate. Uh, there's a lot of wide receivers in that area that – frankly, get more volume. And a lot of, we talked about volume being so key. This is not a volume play. This is an upside play. Uh, so I like Mike Williams a ton. And then Drake London, we can update this throughout the weekend if we need to. I'm showing him as being relatively popular um, hmm. as a pass catcher on the Atlanta side. If that does not tend to be true, I, I will update this and, and let you guys know, but I, I have no interest in backing anyone on the Atlanta side. I think things are going to change drastically with Pitts in there another year in and having Bijan Robinson and Ritter at quarterback. I think that there's so much going on there. I want no part of Drake London at this kind of price point when we're talking 12 to 15 plus percent ownership. 
All right. Absolutely love it. So, Mike, before we close out, normally we won't have a showdown slate to talk about because normally, again, everybody, this show is going to be 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Friday. But we wanted to go a day early just because it is NFL kickoff day. And since we do have a showdown slate and it's Mike McClure's team, the Kansas City Chiefs, that are hosting the Detroit Lions with or without Travis Kelsey. I don't know if, Mike, you have any breaking news there. I kind of suspect he's not going to play. But either way, just from a roster construction standpoint, in terms of maybe maybe you can talk about like the game script that you where you think this game like might go, maybe a couple different uh, versions there and and what players you might have in the in the, the game script that you're choosing. Yeah, I think this one's fascinating. Honestly, it's a great game to kick off the uh, the NFL season. The Chiefs, they have one of the biggest home field advantages in the NFL when we're talking a primetime game at Arrowhead. Uh, if Travis Kelsey doesn't go, I don't expect him to go. I expect him to potentially be listed active and, and kind of run through the motions, not really be out there, potentially even a decoy situation early, but I'm not betting on him. Uh, even if they tell me he's playing, I certainly won't be projecting him as if he's Travis Kelsey. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I, my stance is, no matter what news is delivered. Um, so I think that the Chiefs, what this does for them is it allows them to dive a lot deeper into their playbook. So if you've watched Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, you know how intricate their playbook can be at times. They don't like to dive into it until they absolutely have to. They continue to bring things out, bring things out. This forces them a little deeper into that playbook sooner than they want. I don't believe that that's a bad thing. When you go deeper into that creativity, when you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes actually running the show, uh, I think they have more than enough talented wide receivers and like guys like Jarek McKinnon catching passes out of the backfield. The defense here, I think the Lions are one of the worst teams in the NFL defensively. I think their mm-hmm. offense is fine. I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of games, but I think they're going to surrender a ton of yards, a ton of points. So I'll be focused heavily uh, on that side. So as far as quickly, I'll run through captains again very, very early. No surprise, Patrick Mahomes going to be the most popular captain, uh, both in ownership and in, in my lineups there. Um, I like Noah Gray. I think that we underappreciate how good Noah Gray is and how long he's been in this system, frankly. He is an incredible athlete who is honestly not that far behind Travis Kelsey if given the opportunity to work with someone like Patrick Mahomes. I don't think we see an extended outage of Kelsey to really see that come through, but I do like him a lot in this spot. So I've got a lot of Sky Moore. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of speculation in the offseason there. Uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, going to play a ton of him. I'm going to play a little bit of Richie James as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then the question I know I'm going to get and I've gotten from others, is Kadarius Tony healthy? Is he playing? All that. Uh, I will use him as long as he's going to be on the field. But my preference to playing Kadarius Tony is going to be moving to a sports betting market and betting him uh, in some of his player props, most specifically in any time touchdown, which can be found at plus 230. Uh, where I would expect him to be the most valuable is in the short area in the red zone. I love that. On the Detroit side, are there one or two guys you're focused on? And it sounds to me like you're 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 kind of favoring Kansas City. So your showdown line might, might be four two, maybe even five one. If it's four two, if it's five one, who are you focused on on the Detroit side? Yeah, so it is heavy, heavy Kansas City, which is opposite of what a lot of projection models are going to give. I think a lot of people are going to go four uh, four two the other way um, mm-hmm. with Mahomes and then trying to isolate one of them. Um, I, I like golf. I like St. Brown a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to play both the running backs. So I think uh, Montgomery and Gibbs are both going to have enough volume overall. Um, another guy that's sneaking in is Josh Reynolds. Um, we've seen him at times 
flash a little upside. He's definitely sneaking in a lot of my lineups here. Again, that's more of a a piece that's being fit with Mahomes and some heavy stacks the other way. Uh, and then finally, Harrison Bucker. I, I, I like the, the Kansas City Chiefs kicker a lot. Um, if you're new to showdown slates, welcome back to uh, kickers, right? You don't get to use them in full slates like we used to 10 years ago. Uh, however, go look at a box score for a kicker and see how often they score 8 to 12 points. And then go look at your wide receiver threes and see how often they score 8 to 12 points. Um, kickers are extremely valuable in a game like this. Uh, this is a good question from uh, Bobby uh, Nurek, I believe. He says no Laporta. I, I know it's early to play a, a tight end rookie. He does seem like he's going to flash early, though. Just a- any any interest in him? I mean, it sounds to me like you can't really fit Laporta in, given like how your stacks are going. Any interest in him at all? Yeah, so I don't have a ton there. Um, I, I can tell you when I run uh, some of my numbers here, I've got him in about 2% of lineups. Uh, the computer says I could play him as much as 12%, it's giving me 2%. So that gives you uh, kind of that range there. So it's saying that I should not play them more than 12% of my lineups. Um, so take that for whatever it's worth there. I've got them in 2% right now. It's telling me a maximum uh, of 12. Let's see, Khalif Raymond, I have someone here. I've got him in 25%. So I've got a lot mm-hmm. of him. I've got a lot of Josh Reynolds, 21%, gonna be heavier uh, on those guys. And again, both kickers, very, very much in play. Um, there's a lot of, sh- I'll call it sharp action. There's a lot of action on the under in this game. Um, if I'm right about Kansas City winning and being good with Mahomes here, I'm very, very, very skeptical of that under actually happening. All right. Very, very interesting stuff. And Mike, to close the show, I'll, I'll just leave you with this. Mike said a few minutes ago, uh, he liked a certain construction from a showdown standpoint that it was going to be very contrarian to most of the projection models that you might see out there. And I think that's really part of the reason to come to this show is because Mike's builds are relatively contrarian. Mike's not afraid to take chances and crash and burn or actually, you know, spike a tournament and absolutely dominate. So I think that's what you come here for. We're, we're going to give you the analysis, but we're not just going to give you the run of the mill stacks that you're going to hear everywhere else or the run of the mill stacks where you push a button on some website and it, it spits something out for you. We, we do some of that, too. Um, but we're trying to give you some analysis that's a little bit different. So make sure you tune in. I'll do the recap show every Tuesday. And then every Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, it's going to be me and Mike to talk just like we did over the last 55 minutes, talking main slate and maybe touching on some other things like this showdown that we were able to touch on today. But for now, Mike, that's it. I, I, I got to ask you one thing. So we're, we're going into week one. Uh, what's the level of excitement for you? You usually don't show a lot. What's the level of excitement inside Mike McClure right now? Uh, Very excited, especially to get it kicked off tonight. Uh, I've definitely got more volume in play than I would normally play uh, on a, uh, on a showdown slate. So I I like a few things uh, about it tonight, which you will be able to uh, capture all of my exposures that will be put up on Sportsline before kickoff. So make sure you're over there, get to see all those. Uh, but extremely excited, Sia. Uh, there's a lot of action in play on this game uh, in this household. Well, we're here, ladies and gentlemen. It's week one. We've got so much more to come throughout the rest of the NFL season, the NFL playoffs. It's all things NFL on Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on the next one. This is Fantasy Football Today, DFS.